All right, folks, welcome into Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Sunday night as I am recording this deep into the night, getting ready for Monday, getting ready for a good week. Uh, We are once again kind of in this dead zone where not a ton is happening right now. The only big thing that's really happened over the course of the past week is schedule releases, and uh, with Denver, there, there just haven't been a ton of moves, not a ton of rumors. Uh, best case, I think, is that Jamal Murray keeps posting great Instagram videos where he looks great. He looks like he's on track, developing, uh, rehabbing well back from this ACL tear that he sustained back in April, had his surgery on April 21st, and I think we are now, uh, given that it is Monday, August 23rd, when you're probably listening to this, we're now four months out. And talking to my friend Gordon Gross, and as a frequent uh, podcast guest for this podcast, you should know him well over at Denver Stiffs, he has specifically said, and and, uh, very extensively said uh, behind the scenes talk for us over at Denver Stiffs, that this is on schedule for Murray. This is what you expect from somebody like him where he's attacking the rehab well, this is where you should be on track to be. Haven't been any hiccups, continuing to develop strength. Saw a good video of him doing some squats, doing some lunges. Uh, That's a really good sign as he continues to try to build up strength back into that leg. So really good sign on that front. He looks like he's on track to be back probably post-All-Star break, but you never know. Maybe I mean, I wouldn't expect it before then. Uh, Post-All-Star break is around February 24th, so that is 10 months out after surgery. Most people come back around 11 months, 10 to 11-month window. So, if he's back, if he's ready to go, feeling pretty good, that seems like a good time. And as we have had a schedule release, I can tell you now that if he were to come back after the All-Star break, it would be on game number 60. Denver will have played 59 games. They will be playing, uh, they'll be heading into the All-Star break. Game 59 will be on February 16th against the Golden State Warriors. Get an eight-day break, and when when they come back on February 24th, it'll be game 60. I believe that is a road game against the Sacramento Kings. I bet that they want him to make his debut at home. That would be what I would want. I'd want him to hear the support of the crowd. Everybody gets super amped. So I doubt that he would make his debut then, but there are other times where he could potentially make his debut as well. And if he's not ready, maybe it's a little bit more in March, then can hold it off a little bit. But now we know, uh, based off of where he's at, that it's it's probably going to be about 60 games, 65 games, 70 games before he gets back. So Denver's going to have to figure out how to survive without him, how to build great lineups, how to build a great structure, how to keep the ecosystem healthy. That's going to involve a lot. It's going to involve a lot of work from all parties, but we will get into that in future episodes. For now, I want to make this entirely schedule related. We have content that we can go over, games that we can go over. I'm going to approach this in two ways. First segment going to just talk about the games that interest me. 
We want to talk about, hey, here are various games throughout the schedule. I've basically picked out the top 20% of the schedule, so about 16, 17 games. I'm going to share those with you in order. And then in the second segment, I'm going to talk about the make or break moments of the season. And basically what I mean by that is will Denver be an elite regular season team or not? Will Denver be gearing up for postseason or not? Will Denver have any candidates for awards? All of those questions will probably be decided by how Denver fares in the stretches that I'm going to break down. And so if you've got the schedule, uh, you should print it off, of course, if you're looking to uh, plug it into a calendar or whatnot. Maybe you follow it along while you're, while you're listening to this pod. But if not, I'll try to be as visually uh, or as as illuminating as possible with the information I'm providing. So we will go forward with that. But for now, let's just circle back to some of these games. Uh, looking through the schedule, it was pretty interesting to sort of pick and choose what what matters to me, what should matter to Nuggets fans, what should matter to the Nuggets. Uh, a lot of what I look for in these particular games is not just the best teams, but a lot of it is narrative definition. A lot of it is how this is going to help or hurt Denver and specific players as the year progresses, as we kind of get deeper into the season and what that ends up looking like. So I went through the schedule, I put together a big list, and then I ranked all of these games. And so here are some honorable mentions that I'm going to do chronologically. Honorable mention number one, November 14th against Portland. First time, first time seeing Portland, excuse me. It's always close, always contentious. The last memory that Portland has is Denver beating them on their home floor, similar to how Portland did it to Denver back in 2019 in the playoffs there. And so Portland is going to be really interesting because if they get off to a rough start, Damian Lillard might just demand a trade at any time. So getting them early in the season, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. I think this is around game 10, game 11 in the regular season, or maybe a little bit later than that, but game 15, going to be interesting to see what Portland looks like. And then a few days later, November 18th against Philly. That is the first Jokic versus Embiid game. And given that we haven't had a lot of them, they've only faced off against each other five times in their careers, despite being uh, in the league for several years. They've only played five times. And so anytime you can get them to play against each other, you want to try to find it. You want to try to circle it. Because those are the two best centers in the NBA. Nuggets fans are very adamant about who is better. And I think that's borne out, but it's always fun to have that uh, that little measuring contest, if you will. And uh, Spike Askin will be, uh, will be very unhappy that that game is taking place at altitude. Uh, next, December 26th, this is at the LA Clippers. Denver will be traveling to LA on Christmas, which is a little bit, it's, Probably a little bit off-putting for the group. I, my guess is that they'll probably spend the morning, uh, that early time in Denver, and then travel after that. But maybe they decide to take their families to L.A. instead. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Can the Nuggets' Sands Murray match up with the Clippers' Sands Kawhi 
think the answer is yes. But the Clippers sans Kawhi sort of figured some things out in the playoffs. And Paul George is a very dangerous player. I assume that Aaron Gordon will be chasing him around the court. But it might be Will Barton. It might be P.J. Dozier. It might be Michael Porter. Should be interesting to see. Skip all the way to February. February 4th against New Orleans. This is the second of back-to-back games against ES- or with ESPN. Uh, I think the first one is Utah. Next one is New Orleans. So the reason why this made the honorable mentions, it's Zion Williamson. So anytime you get a chance to see him, you, you take advantage. But this could be a time for Jokic to really set up some MVP narratives. Because you're in early February. Lots of games have already happened. Basically halfway through the year. Everybody's doing their, it's it's a little bit after the midseason, but everybody's doing their midseason awards. And if it's Bones Highland who has entered into the rotation, if it's Michael Porter who's breaking out as an all-star, if it's Nikola Jokic showing that he deserves MVP, if the Nuggets have just like kicked ass and they're in the first seed and it's Michael Malone earning some coach of the year buzz, this could be a really good stretch for them that... Uh, February 2nd, February 4th. Should be interesting. And February 11th at Boston, it's a take care of business game. Uh, there's there's context to that. There's some other games that happen with that that I will talk about in the second segment. But Denver's lost a lot of their games to Boston in recent years. and Or at least they lost their last two this past year. And they've been unhealthy during those times. It would be nice to see them get relatively healthy, play well against that Boston team that's not as good as they're advertised to be, and that'll be great. And last honorable mention is the final game of the season. It is against the LA Lakers. It's going to be for seeding purposes. I don't think it's really a game that I care that much about because it's very possible that Denver plays Jokic for a half, the Lakers sit LeBron entirely. Uh, whatever. It could matter. It could, it might not matter. We'll just have to see. It's hard to tell right now. All right, number 10. This is outside the honorable mentions, and we're into the top 10 here. Number 10 is the opening game of the season at Phoenix. Kick off the season, set the tone, try to get some revenge for the playoff uh, sweep that happened last year. That would always be good for Denver. If you upset the Phoenix Suns on their home floor, which it would be an upset because Denver's still without Jamal Murray and Phoenix just went to the NBA title. So if you can upset them, that really changes some minds for people. It might it might at least get people to think like, hey, um, either we're overrating Phoenix or we're underrating Denver. That would be the uh, the general consensus there. Number nine, 11-26, uh, November 26th against Milwaukee. This is a home game. This is where the champs come to town. Giannis and Jokic get to play to, or play against each other. Those games are always fun. Denver and Jokic especially seem to really play well in those games. A lot of that is going to Milwaukee instead of, again, given their Serbian population and whatnot. But it is interesting to see Giannis and Jokic play against each other because I think they were the best and second best player in the regular season last year. And that means something. I think it, I think it means a significant amount that those guys are going to be 
probably the best and second best players again in the regular season. So if you have that and you have an opportunity to talk about that, probably should be on national TV. It's not, but that's okay. Number eight, January 15th against the LA Lakers. This is Denver's first game against the Lakers, and it's almost in the middle of the year. Uh, First time you get to see Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, all on the same floor. That barring health, of course, and that's definitely not a guarantee, of course, given those three players, actually. But it should be interesting. And one of the things that's really kind of surrounded the Lakers is given how they've built their team, given how they've built around Russell Westbrook now, they might have to play Anthony Davis at center a lot more. Denver's best minutes against the Lakers occurred when they were playing an inferior center against Denver with Davis at the four, LeBron at the three, or or just one of those guys not even on the floor. Uh, that was at least last year. Um, this year should be interesting. Russell Westbrook kind of changes the dynamic there in a variety of different ways. But if Anthony Davis is starting at the five, or at least playing a ton of minutes against Jokic at the five, should be really interesting to see how those two match up against each other and what they do to each other. Like, does Jokic try to take Davis into the post? Does he try to space him out, keep him away from the basket? How does that work? How does Denver operate? Should be interesting. Number seven, October 29th against Dallas. This is Jokic versus Doncic on national television. All of these games should be celebrated. Two of the premier uh, young European faces. Uh, Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense that this game is on national TV. Luka's going to be on national TV a lot, and Denver versus Dallas is always a pretty close game. Uh, They've had some really good moments in the past few years. I don't see that ending. Number six, I'm double dipping here. This is a home and home against the Golden State Warriors. December 28th, December 30th, at Golden State the first one, home against Golden State the second one. This is after Christmas. Clay Thompson. He's still out, but it's very possible that he could be back around Christmas time. That seemed to be the timeline that they were talking about. And it'll be interesting to see this Golden State Warriors team when they're fully healthy, or at least when they're approaching full health. Because if you've got Steph and Clay, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Draymond Green, and we'll go Kevon Looney, that's a pretty good team. It's actually, it's actually really good. Uh, it's not... I don't think it's the top of the top like a lot of people are talking about. There's a lot of people that would give the Golden State Warriors better odds to win the title than the Denver Nuggets. I think that's false. I think that's bad. But, I mean, I'm probably biased in that situation, and I just don't see how they can stay healthy and engaged for that amount of time. But they also have some pretty good bench pieces, and if that team falls into a good rhythm, they could rattle off a bunch of wins if they get healthy. Number five, January 5th against the Utah Jazz. This is on uh, TNT, I'm pretty sure. Might be ESPN, but I could be wrong. This is a game that has, I think, epic Jokic potential, where you're in kind of a, a the dregs of the season. Let's just look at the 
the context here for the rest of that. You've got December 30th, I talked about, you're coming off of a game against Golden State. January 1st at Houston. January 3rd at Dallas. You make a Texas run. And then that Wednesday, you come back, play against Utah on ESPN that night. And we've seen Denver, and Jokic specifically, really dominate against Rudy Gobert at various points. That could be a game, I think, where you get the energy of the home crowd. You get Jokic kind of pissed because they lost a bad game against Dallas or something. And he comes out and just kicks ass. He's done it before. Last year, he had a random January game, or it might have been early February, against Rudy Gobert and the Jazz, where he scored 47 and just kind of did it, just because. And it was kind of funny. And I think there's definitely potential for that again this year. Number four, and here's where we get into like the, the cream of the crop, if you will. Number four, March 10th against the Golden State Warriors. This is a game where it's on TNT. Murray might be back at this point. If he comes back, it'll be against a Golden State Warriors team that is probably going to have a bunch of hype, that is probably going to be in a good rhythm themselves. I think this is a game where Murray can exact some revenge. Where he comes back, hated how he went out. Now he gets to come back against Stephen Curry or kind of be on the floor. And just really show the opposing team and the entire national audience that he's still here. That he and the Nuggets are still in this thing and could potentially win a title. That would be a great way to really kick it off to the national audience. Because that's that's going to be a, a showcase game if there ever was one. Number three. March 14th, Pi Day. At Philly. Jokic versus Embiid. On national TV. It's the only time. The first Jokic versus Embiid game I mentioned. It's not on national TV. (laughs) Clearly, networks haven't really figured it out yet. But that's going to be an epic one. Where Denver's had a couple games. Maybe they they have Murray back. He's been around for a few weeks. Been around for a couple weeks, whatever. And you get him in the building. You get him ready. And then you get to go to Philly and go on national TV and face and like what is probably going to be an epic showdown if everybody's healthy. Would love to watch that. Think that Denver's in a great position where they can really match up with Philly well. And Jokic versus Embiid would really highlight that. Number two. April 3rd at the Los Angeles Lakers. This is an ABC bout. This is the first time that Denver has been on an ABC game. I'm pretty sure since 2013. I could be even wrong about that. It might have even been before that when Mello was still here. It was a long time. Denver hasn't been on ABC in a long, long time. And this would be a great opportunity for them to do so. For them to kind of make that up. Do some great things. And comes against the Lakers. This is like the fifth to last game of the season. Fourth to last game, whatever. This is a narrative setter. This is a narrative closer where people really have their opinions. 
But if you put on a great performance here, everybody will see it. Everybody will get to see that thing. And it matters in those situations, even if it is right at the close of the year. Should be fun. And last but not least, actually, it's the most is the one I am most interested in. March 24th against the Phoenix Suns. Once again, against the Suns, it's a revenge game. Against the Suns, you don't know how the series would have gone with Murray involved. Now, this is your first opportunity, and probably only opportunity, to see how the Nuggets would match up against the Suns before any potential playoff matchups. Murray gets involved. Suns are wherever they are. Porter's already integrated and engaged and maybe he has an all-star season. Maybe he's just playing really well. He's a great supporting cast member for Jokic. Maybe Jokic is still on his MVP kick. And now you get to add Murray back into the mix. And you get to play, I think, a a really, really interesting game against a team that's in your tier in the prime of the season, in the prime of the regular season. It's that mid to late March time where people are really honing in on narrative. People are really honing in on what matters, how players are doing in individual games. And if you can set the tone in that one, it really changes a lot of people's minds. Should be interesting. Those are the top 20% of games, I think, for the Nuggets on this regular season that I think should be really interesting to fans. Lots of home games, lots of opportunities to go see this team against the best of the best. Uh, If you're looking for, I think, the best game, that Phoenix game has some potential. If you're looking for an epic Jokic performance, that Utah game has some potential. If you're looking for just seeing some great basketball, seeing some great players, Go to that Dallas game in October. It should be on national TV, but I'd want to see Luca in person. going to be a lot of fun. Let us take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the make or break moments. This will be a shorter segment, but it should be interesting. We'll be right back. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Those are some fun games. Those are fun games to talk about. It's really interesting to kind of go through the season in different ways and and just circle some games, circle some games on the calendar, the ones that you want to see. But now I want to do it in a different way. I want to approach this from a Nuggets team perspective, not just who the great matchups are going to be, not just who the great players are going to be that they face. But what's going to really matter for Denver's regular season? We're going to do that. This is well in advance. This is we, we don't know what the injuries are going to look like. We don't know what certain teams are going to look like. It's very possible that there's a team that we thought was going to be a championship contender that just doesn't really put it together. It's possible that there's a team that's kind of in the middle of the pack that then turns into a championship contender. It's the Phoenix Suns last year. There's a lot of interesting points, but I wanted to answer 
or at least answer in part. Some of the three questions that I think matter to Denver in the regular season and how they approach things. Will Denver be an elite regular season team or not? Are they going to take care of business? Are they going to just get up for the big games? Are they going to float a little bit? There's a lot of questions there. Will Denver be gearing up for the postseason or not? Their schedule gets a lot easier as the season goes along. There are some easy moments early. The middle is pretty difficult. But then the kind of the last 20 games or so, it's actually pretty easy. There's there's some elite matchups there, but some of those could also be defined by seeding and rest and things like that. And then will Denver have any candidates for awards? So much of Denver's regular season last year, especially after Murray went down, was just mostly dedicated to Jokic's MVP candidacy. I think once Murray went down, championship hope, championship hopes, excuse me, <laughs> championship hopes sort of went out the window. It was really mostly about, can we get Jokic this MVP? Can we get him this award? Put him into a great position to succeed. Put Michael Porter in a good position to succeed, and then we'll figure out the playoffs when they come. Denver did that. They got through the first round. Got kind of bullied in the second round. There's no way around it. They weren't ready. A lot of that due to injuries and personnel. A lot of that due to how they had to really scramble throughout the regular season for a lot of the time, just to get wins. They couldn't really build towards it. They were building, and then it came crashing down due to injury. Can they find the momentum? It's a good question. And can those awards... Be, will those awards be kind of distractions or will they be motivations? It's a good question. So here are eight make or break moments that I'm thinking about during the season. They'll kind of overlap with some of the games, but a lot of them are not. Like a lot of them is just how Denver is going to approach certain stretches of the season. So I'm going to have the regular season pulled up in one avenue and then kind of my notes in the other here. Number one. There's a two-game kind of segment. Uh, it's a two-game stretch in October at Utah versus Dallas. Season openers are weird, so I kind of threw out the Phoenix game. Then Denver plays against San Antonio and Cleveland. Then they play at Utah on TNT, and then home against Dallas on ESPN. They have some time there. They have some space there. It should be interesting to see how they approach that. If Denver wins both of those games, kind of sequentially, going to have a lot of takers, If, if especially if guys like Jokic perform well, if Michael Porter performs well. Let's say Aaron Gordon has some big games. That would really change the narrative on him, wouldn't it? There's a lot of people thinking Aaron Gordon's just a guy. And there's a lot of people in Denver that are thinking, yeah, Aaron Gordon, he's just a guy. What if he plays really well in those games? Can you kind of set the narrative in a different way heading into the rest of the regular season? It's an interesting one. Number two, Denver has a five-game homestand in November that they have to take advantage of. Here are the teams. November 6th against Houston. November 8th against Miami. November 10th against Indiana. November 12th. Or except, yeah, uh, November 12th against Atlanta. And November 4th, 14th 
against Portland. You don't play back-to-back. You play every other day. And a lot of those teams are going to be traveling a lot. Houston, Miami, Indiana, Atlanta, Portland. They're going to be making road trips. Or they're just going to be traveling to Denver from their cities. Just not an easy jaunt in any of those cases. So Denver should be trying to take advantage. Denver should be trying to use that as an opportunity to get as many wins as possible. Four and one, five and oh. If you go three and two, it's probably par for the course, but if you go two and three, that's pretty bad. You don't want to start off two and three. Next next stretch here is a three game stretch. Not really three games. It's just kind of in the month of December. Denver has four total home games. They have 11 road games. That is a really big imbalance. They start that December stretch. There's a road game at the end of November, and then another six road games to form a seven-game road trip to start December. Denver comes back. They play against Washington and Minnesota. Then they go on a three-game road trip to Atlanta. Brooklyn, and Oklahoma City, which is like a freaking triangle across the United States. It's not even close to each other. Then they come back, play against Charlotte, before going out again to play the Clippers and the Warriors after Christmas. And they come back to play that Golden State home and home to end the the December stretch. That's their fourth home game in 15 December games. So, That three-game stretch of Washington, Minnesota, Charlotte, those three home games other than the Golden State one, you should go 3-0 on those. If you don't, you're probably in trouble. Take advantage of the bad opponents or the middling opponents. Washington, Minnesota, Charlotte. Next month, mid-January, you've got a six-game stretch. It starts uh, with the Clippers on January 11th. Then you go January 13th against Portland, January 15th against the Lakers, January 16th back-to-back against the Jazz, January 19th against the Clippers again, and then January 21st against Memphis. So you've got a a tough road game against the Clippers before you come back for a five-game homestand, all against pretty tough teams. Some of those teams Denver has had success against. Some of those teams they've struggled against. Lakers, Jazz. Clippers are going to be pretty defining. They're going to be without Kawhi, but they're almost more dangerous in a way because it really unlocks Paul George to do a lot of things, and they have so much three-point shooting, so many cutters, so many guard scorers around Paul George that it makes them pretty dangerous. So they could come in, get a win. You You go to the Clippers, you're probably a better team than them, sans Kawhi, but they can still get a win, of course. So you have to take advantage. Have to. If Denver goes 4-2 and two during that stretch, that's going to be big. You go 5-1, and one, that's massive. Because you get an opportunity in these stretches, in these opportunities. Most of the time, you're going to struggle on the road when you have a rest disadvantage. And you're going to take advantage at home when you've got a rest advantage. That's sort of the the narrative around just a normal schedule. If you can take those pivot points, those hard games, 
where you d- you think they could go 50-50. You could flip them your way. It gives you some luxury. If you slip up against a Sacramento, or if you lose a buzzer beater against Dallas and Luka, then you don't die. You don't immediately go down the standings. Because if you can flip enough of those 50-50 games, then that's where Denver has really made their money. They do pretty well against the bad teams most of the time. Jokic is always going to help take care of that. And as long as he's healthy, I think Denver's going to be a top four seed. But they could be a six seed if he only does that and then they lose a lot of the 50-50 games. They have to win half of them. They have to win most of them if they want to go higher than four. That's the point here. And it's going to be tough without Murray, as we've talked about. Same thing from that mid-January stretch to the early February stretch, where you've got actually January 30th here at Milwaukee. It's in the middle of a five-game road trip. Then you go February 1st at Minnesota, February 2nd, back-to-back at Utah ESPN. That's a toughie. February 4th, go home to play New Orleans on ESPN. It's a narrative-defining game after you've had a three and four nights and you're coming off of a five-game road trip. Then, surprise, you get to play Brooklyn February 6th. Then, surprise, you get to play New York February 8th. And then you go back on the road to Boston. Those are some tough games. Those are some 50-50 games if I've ever heard them. Utah, going at Utah in that situation, back-to-back, go to altitude, play on ESPN. That's going to be a tough crowd. If you win that game, then you're golden. If you lose that game, it's expected. But it's also kind of narrative-defining. Because then you go to play New Orleans, or you play New Orleans at home in the following contest also on ESPN. If you lose that one coming off of a five-game road trip, that is narrative-defining. You just lost twice on ESPN. One to an inferior team for sure. So, there are some problems here. There are some things that Denver has to take care of. They have to make sure. Number six out of eight, post-All-Star break, pretty much any time Jamal Murray returns, any time. February 24th-ish, as we've talked about, That's 10 months out. Post-All-Star break, that'll be great. If it's later than that, then it's fine. Still fine. You don't want to rush him back. But the the later he goes, the less time he has and the less time the Nuggets have to integrate him back into things and get ready for the playoffs. So he wants to get back pretty soon. Number seven, mid-March stretch. These are games 69 to 74. Pretty tough. At Philly, on national TV. That's a toughie. At Washington, Denver's always struggled in Washington. At Cleveland, probably going to get a win there, but you never know with Cleveland. Boston, at home. Clippers, at home. Phoenix, at home. Those are all going to be defining. 50-50 games, 25-75 games. If you go four and two, you're golden. You're doing really well. If you go five and one, man, that really helps define a team's regular season where 
You get Murray back probably during that stretch at some point where he's working his way back in. He might not play all of those games, but he'll probably play most of them. And if he can go on national TV a couple times, perform pretty well, and the Nuggets get wins, then you're cooking with gas. Then you're thinking, okay, this team really has a chance to make a run. And it's possible. Definitely possible. This is a narrative closing session. This is where you get through three quarters of the season. People are starting to make their assessments. And then you get even further. People are looking for any reason to discount Nikola Jokic from winning an MVP. This is the stretch where Jokic closed the deal. If he could do it again, maybe throw his boat into the the MVP conversation again. That would be hilarious. That would be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. And then last one. That April 3rd game at the Lakers is on Sunday. ABC game. It is a definitive game. This is where the narrative is already set. But you're defining it. You are making sure that everybody sees that so the world, like the world can really see what you're doing. The world experiences that through the lens of the Lakers, where people are probably expecting the Lakers to win. And if they don't, it's a big deal. That'll be really fun. Denver, they've got some potential there. If they can make it work, they could have all of these games, all of these swing moments where it goes their way. They'll probably be an elite regular season team. They'll probably be gearing up for the postseason en masse. And Denver will have some candidates for awards, whether it's Jokic to win another MVP, whether it's Porter in the All-Star conversation, or the Most Improved Player conversation. There's Bones Highland. He could have some opportunities to go on national TV and put on a show. That would be pretty fun. I doubt it happens, but it would be pretty cool. Or it's Michael Malone. If Denver's just succeeding, if they're exceeding expectations here, especially without Murray, if Murray comes back and they've already fought to being a two-seed at that point, and then Murray comes back and helps continue pushing, that says a lot about Michael Malone. It says a lot about the talent, but it says a lot about Michael Malone to get everybody else ready and able to make some moves. That's if they do it. If they don't do it, if these things go the other way, then we're talking about Denver in the play-in. We're talking about Denver fighting for their lives, trying to stay in a top six spot. And that'll be tough. Regardless, I'm really looking forward to it. Schedule's pretty interesting. It's never nothing. It's never, oh man, they're playing 82 games. There's always some tidbits. There's always some fun quirks. And these are going to evolve as the season gets going. I'm looking forward to thinking about it, talking through it. When we circle back around to this kind of talk, should be a lot of fun. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. I will talk to you guys on Thursday.